I have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of Order. What? Then name the system Order. Loki religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good flash. Sparks are coming up on Alderaan. You may fire when ready. <laughs> An Alderaan explosion. The Explosion Network's official countdown to Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. It's 99 days until release. My name is Dylan Blight, your Jedi Master, and joining me, my Padawans, Ashley Hobley. Hey, Dylan. Excited to be here to talk about the universally loved Star Wars. And Karen Marchant. Do I get to kill the younglings? Yeah, that's fucking disturbing. <laughs> 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 That's, That's not a, a no. That is no. It's a no. I just want to clarify for the sake of. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clarify for the sake of this podcast that the Explosion Network and I myself did not uh, condone the killing, killing of young, young children. Young yeah. <laughs> just to clarify, I mean, we're at, what thirty seconds in, and this is what I'm fucking up to for this thing. It's what you well, do. Um, you need to put your disclaimers yeah. in at the start, so. You need to. You, we need to get these, this out there. They they're gonna wait till episode three. They're gonna be like, "Is anyone gonna talk about killing younglings on this podcast?" We're just putting it out there. And yes, yes, we will. But we don't endorse. Right, it. Well, that's that's what you have to look forward to this season because uh, this is, of course, Alderaan explosion. Uh, and this first episode, we're going to be discussing what we want to know about the rise. Uh, what we do know about Rise of Skywalker so far. Discussing both the teaser trailer and the behind the scenes, or not really behind the scenes, the featurette, whatever they've they've called it the d23 thing um discussing all the information we have so far about the the movie itself but first want to go over the general outline for this show in case you've never listened to it before or you have listened to it before and you're like really they're doing the the thing again like how do you <laughs> how do you how do you get away with doing that twice and the answer is because we can because <laughs> we can um so to quickly run down how this sh- sh- season of Volerone explosion is going to work uh and a lot of this is subject to change just kind of depending on, you know, if information comes out, trailers, news, anything comes up, whatever else. But this is the general outline for this season, right? So as I said today, we're going to be discussing basically about what we know so far about the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, next episode, we'll be talking about the Phantom Menace, uh, focusing a lot on Palpatine, and then also talking about the announcement of the Kenobi movie. Episode 3, we'll be talking about Attack of Clones. Episode 4, we'll be talking about Revenge of the Sith, of course. Episode 5, we'll be talking about Solo, the topic focusing on uh, Lando, and if any of the stuff from that movie will carry over um, and inspire how uh, his performance or the way he's he's written for the the new movie, of course. Uh, Episode 6, we'll be talking about Rebels episodes uh, from season 4, 12, 13, 15, and 16. Um discussion about the the world between worlds which if you haven't seen that before um it's a hot topic of discussion for the rise of skywalker which we'll get to episode seven we're going to be talking about rogue one episode eight we're going to be talking about new hope episode nine we're going to talking about empire strikes back back and we'll be talking about if boba fett will return for the mandalorian Mm. episode 10 return the jedi focused discussion on luke and the balance uh that wasn't brought by him uh episode 11 is tb to be determined topics at the moment. Hopefully, though, it'll be some sort of Jedi Fallen Order discussion plus uh, talk about Mandalorian maybe. Uh, some combination of that sort of stuff, though, because that's all happening around that episode. Episode 12, we'll be talking about The Force Awakens. Episode 13, The Last Jedi. Episode 14 will be 
the night before, basically, of course, the week before Rise of Skywalker releases. So we'll be giving our predictions, final thoughts, these sorts of things. And then, of course, the season will wrap up with episode 15, where we talk all about Rise of the Rise of Skywalker. Um, now, of course, we have in the first season of this, two years ago, we did the run through. We watched uh, episodes one through to uh, seven at the time. We put Rogue One in and episode four in the same episode, though this this time they, they are split up. <gasps> and when we was coming back to do this season, at first it was like, well, we shouldn't do that again because we have done it. Like, how can you do it? But at the same time, I'm like, it is two years ago, you know? like it, The world's it, changed it, in that time. Yeah, Star Wars has changed. New- was- Star Wars has changed. Everyone hates it now. <laughs> <laughs> there was before The Last Jedi and there was after The Last Jedi. Yes. And now you're going to have two different seasons of Old Man Explosion where we, we talk about and discuss the movies from a post-Last Jedi angle and a uh, <laughs> before-Last Jedi angle. So those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, so we, we'll run through that stuff again. But ultimately, the other announcement for this season is that this will be the last season we... Old Man Explosion is ending up this, I, and I think is that makes though? sense given that. Yeah, come on. I knew you'd fucking say that. <laughs> <laughs> Old Man Explosion will be ending because this episode nine is the, the last movie we are getting for some time. Is it though? Um, fucking hell. <laughs> so just, just everybody keep your ears out for the new Star Wars podcast that we release under a different name. Naboo uh, It's just Old Man Explosion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or, yeah, that's, you know, we've got plenty Naboo to do. explosion. Whatever planet explodes, or uh, explosion. whatever Death Star, yeah, whatever Starkiller base number two in Rise of Skywalker blows up. Yeah. Um, There's not going to be a Starkiller base number two. <laughs> they wouldn't do that again. So you say, but we'll, we'll have that discussion wouldn't in a minute. Know? Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah, this will be the last one. That doesn't mean we won't be doing any more Star Wars content on the Explosion Network, of course. It just means that all the way Explosion, um, the, this show and the, the point of this show, which served as a... Uh, you know, countdown towards the new movie. Th- this will be the final one. So there was another reason to make sure we rewatch all the movies because if it's the final one, kind of makes sense to go. And we the three of us have all agreed that after this, we'll never watch Star Wars movies ever again. Well, you can speak for yourself. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into the Rise of Skywalker, um, and we're going to start with the initial teaser trailer and i kind of just want to go over what we see in it um get your 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 overall thoughts on the the teaser trailer itself and kind of discuss some things that come up in it of course so before we kind of go not shot by shot but kind of shot by shot ash do you remember when this teaser trailer dropped how you felt at the time how do you feel about it now do you think it's a good teaser trailer still get you hyped how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I, th- I think it's still a good teaser trailer. It didn't reveal too much. We still know barely anything about the movie. It's great. Um, we only really saw characters we already had been introduced to. No new characters. And then they hit you with that last moment. Which, uh, if you haven't, go over to youtube.com slash Explosion Network. Search for Rise of Skywalker and see Dylan's awesome reactions to that, <laughs> that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> From what, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning? Uh, it was very early in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kieran, what, what, how do you feel about this one? How do you feel, I feel at the time? Good. Because- I, I find, I find, uh, all Star Wars trailers, especially, but I think Disney trailers, especially, I always find them interesting for, say, Star Wars and for Marvel movies, just because of the amount of alterations they make to the trailers. So there's no sense you can't, 
it's more looking at the trailer and seeing what what's the overall message they're trying to get across, not looking at exact things that are happening because some of those will be happening in different locations, some might not happen at all. Um, you know, it, it's it was a good trailer. I thought it was a good trailer, and then the Palpatine laughter hit, and then I thought it became a great trailer. Like it became that thing that I think there is a portion of the Star Wars fan base that it had lost that it kind of regained back with that single laughter. Mm, but, I, I think there's a portion of the Star Wars fan base that won't watch Star Wars until Ryan Johnson's actually just like killed or something like that. Well, but. that's that's a different <laughs> portion. That's a that's a far away portion that we don't look at directly <laughs> in the eyes. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good trailer. It's um, I agree with what you like saying about the Disney trailers. I every single time I've been saying this for quite some time now when it comes to your Marvel movies or your Star Wars or what have you, that I get zero fear of spoilers really from Marvel trailers or Star Wars trailers or anything like that these days, because I just think they've kind of proven over the X amount of years to me, even all the way back to Force Awakens, that they don't really put many spoilers in their trailers and they quite often use alternate takes or deleted scenes in a lot of the trailers. Like even if you go back and think about the force awakens original teaser, um, it ends with that shot of Kylo, like walking through the forest. Um, and then he like throws that arm out and lights up the, his lightsaber for, for, for the first time. Um, that shot isn't used in the movie. It's fucking awesome in that teaser trailer. And it's the front cover of the force awakens art of book. Um, but it's not in the movie at all. So it's like, it's, it's, it's always funny to me how they have these, so many awesome shots that they can afford to just use something like that just as a... Yeah. How much <laughs> money do you think trailer. they spent on that shot? <laughs> a lot. Paying for crew well, I mean, and it, actors and everything every minute. Yeah. Just think every second... just toss in the bin or just use it for marketing purposes. Yeah. Every, every second's like... It's like, it's like that shot in the, of, in the Infinity War of everybody at the end running at the camera. With the Hulk, that was never used. It's like, yeah, there's. How long did they no, spend I, rendering that shot? Which money did the special yeah. text team spend on that? And then it's not in the movie. Yeah, I always think about like even the Endgame trailer. Like they, the marketing for Endgame, I thought was really, really fucking good. To the because they basically only used stuff from the start of the movie. They gave away barely anything. The- there was no, like, nobody knew, uh, or I don't even think many people had much of an inkling about the time jump in Infinity War. Like, I don't think anybody knew about that ball or, like, spoilers. the pacing of, well, there's spoilers, I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, speaking of spoilers, if you haven't seen, don't, like, I watched recently, I saw the Blu-ray trailer for Infinity War, and it angered me because it spoils, like, the entire movie, and I'm like... Yeah, the... the- Spoilers on that's over because yeah, but it's still <laughs> annoying, and I'm getting yelled at for spoilers here. But um, <laughs> like, I don't think there was an inkling to that, and so I don't think I think they do such a good job of being able to portray what they're trying to give with this movie, but at the same time, keep everything close to their chest. Yeah. All right. So let's let's dive into this teaser trailer and kind of go over what it shows. We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. It opens very much like the Force Awakens teaser, except for this time you get Wei, um, is the one in the sand. Like, of course, the Force Awakens original teaser, you you heard this heavy breathing, um, that turned out to be Finn, and then the camera shows him, like, popping up on the camera and the, um, on Jakku there, and, you know, looking around, whatever else, and it cuts the shot of the stormtroopers and 
that sort of stuff. This one just opens with this huffing and puffing and it's Ray and then it cuts to cuts to her. So I, I enjoy that they they do this thing where they quite often play on what you know from the trailers because they know that Star Wars fans actually watch these fucking things so many times that <laughs> they'll just automatically because the first time I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, it's like the Force Awakens teaser straight away. Um so then the next thing we notice is it because it shows you that she has Luke's lightsaber again. And a lot of people on the internet have kind of gone a bit crazy over this one because, so of course, it got destroyed. that's the one that she threw in the ocean? And it's the one that got destroyed when her and Kylo were, like, fighting over it. Oh. At, in The Last Jedi, <clears throat> before she fucks off after fighting in the, the Red Room and whatever you want to call it, the Snoke Room. Yeah. Um, so that's where the lightsaber got destroyed. And everyone's like, oh, it was left there. How could she get it back? Blah, blah, blah. How could she fix it? All these sorts of things. And I'm just like, it doesn't, it's not that big of a deal to me. I'm just like, well, I'll just, I'll watch she the movie it. and find out. Like, yeah, she she's fixed it somehow. I don't know. Like, I, I'm just willing to wait. I, but at the same time, I had another theory. Um, and I guess since we've seen more material of her with that lightsaber, like on a hilt and stuff, it kind of, kills this theory I had originally. But I remember the first time I watched this teaser trailer, I was like, and everyone was flipping their shit over this. I was like, but wait, maybe they're having that lightsaber there in that shot just for the marketing purposes. But in reality, she actually has a different lightsaber. And I would say that I'm still open to that. I still think it's a viable, even with the marketing, like they can, I think Disney are that much of a trolls or they like fucking with their audiences (laughs) that much that they would do something like that. Well, so is J.J. Abrams. J.J. Yeah. Abrams is an ultimate fucking troll for um, try, trying to make people think things that aren't, isn't happening that is happening. But, yeah, so I'm like, because in the, uh, the the D23 footage and stuff, we've seen her with that lightsaber again, and I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But I'm still a little bit like, oh, I wouldn't put it past them to just actually have all these shots not show her with a new lightsaber or something like that because they don't want to give away what it is yet. So we'll see, of course. Um, then we get uh, Luke saying, we've, we've passed on all we know, a thousand generations live in you now, but this is your fight. So does anyone have any <laughs> ideas of what exactly you think? A, do you think he's actually talking to Ray, to Ray? And B, what do you think that actually means? I think he is talking to Ray. I think this is because the Ray has the Book of the Wills now, as we saw at the end of the uh, the end of Last Jedi. I think what what this means is a we've passed to you the knowledge of the Jedi Order, but you're not a Jedi anymore. Like you're not. This isn't about the Jedi anymore. This is whatever you're creating. This is your own thing because I think we're very established on Ray being very well aware of the Jedi fucking up. Like the last Jedi was Luke. And so this is Ray's battle of her own to kind of establish something in the world. Yeah, well there is um there is that rumor for the the title, I guess, and this is a good point to ask, I guess. Um should check before, but I forgot. Um what do you all think of the title and what do you think that actually refers to? Because a lot of people seem to think that the title actually implies that uh, the rise of Skywalker is going to be Rey starting a new generation of Jedis, but they're called Skywalkers. I think it's, I would hate it if they're called Skywalkers. (laughs) 
I would really despise it. I think what it means in like I think what it means is Rise of Skywalker means the rising of that story that was being told at the end of the Last Jedi. That that myth, that legend that is growing and growing into something that is empowering Grey and empowering her mission is those stories of the legendary Jedi Luke Skywalker and him standing up to uh Kylo and the First Order. Yeah. Um Ash, have any thoughts on the the title or the what Luke says here? Yeah, I mean it's super ambiguous. It could mean a new type of Jedi. It could be just be referring to Kylo Ren's redemption, hashtag Ben Demption. Uh or <laughs> who knows? <laughs> um but <laughs> I mean I, as to what he said, I think yeah, just that as much as Luke can tell her all sorts of different things. It's down to what Ray does now. They, he can't do anything, so that's kind of the messaging I got. Yeah, I think I, I think what Kieran said is kind of where I I follow on it because I, I of course we'll talk about Last Jedi when we get there, but I really like the Last Jedi, and I really like the way that ending that 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 movie ends with this kind of like Luke kind of they imply that Luke could kind of start a next generation of Jedi without even being around because the the stories that he's the story of him spreading throughout the galaxy is giving like people hope and that's the the whole broom boy thing so which a lot of people don't get and just make fun of and they're like oh broom kid blah 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 but like i think that's i love that scene because it's just so subtle like to to see him actually force pull that broom towards him it's not like they cut to a close-up of it or anything like that so and then him just looking out and seeing that ship taking off and all this sort of thing so i I love how that's so subtle about a message of hope spread throughout the galaxy kind of thing. Um, and the message of hope is the core concept from day one, of course, of Star Wars. So, have you, Do you ever think that um, the general public of Star Wars viewers that aren't diehard Star Wars fans that don't watch everything, they don't buy into all the books or they don't re- like watch all everything you could possibly watch about Star Wars, do you think for them the meaning behind this little kid having hope and being able to force pull isn't impactful because for the general viewer, Jedis have always been around in their, like for what they see, like there's always been a Jedi in Star Wars movies. Like there's always somebody representing a lot. Even if you break Jedi down, not to just the order, but somebody using a lightsaber and or using the force do you think the impact is a bit lost because they're like oh it doesn't matter like there's always been jedi even though you know in the movie itself there isn't this jedi order anymore that this isn't really a thing i well i always thought the problem that people have with believing that sort of stuff just comes down to um you can pull this down to like people having problem with Ray and like how powerful she is and the idea of believing that Ray doesn't have any past and pe- people struggling, struggling with that as a, an idea. I always thought it came down to because a lot of people watch this stuff and believe Jedi's are like superheroes basically. And by that, I mean a lot rarer than what they actually are within the concept of the universe. Cause in reality, you know, there's thousands of Jedi's when they're at their, their peak. Sure. There's not millions of Jedi. So they're not like super common, but, the, but people being force sensitive isn't actually as rare as it's presented to you within the movies. Mm-hmm. What you get in the extended material is the idea that people being force sensitive is actually like, you know, it's a one, I don't know like what the actual maths would be. It's like, but 1% of every fucking planet or something, it, you know, it's a lot more common than 
the movies have you believe where they set out this whole idea from day dot of like Luke being a super, you know, like he's got the force. Like this is crazy. The only other person who has the force is Vader, Obi-Wan, um, Yoda, you know, like it introduces such a small the hundreds of people uh, we saw of fighting character. in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. But I still think just people struggle so much with the idea. It's like you see the broom kid and then people are like, Oh, making fun. Like how could he have the force? Like, but then the whole point is like, well, yeah, like it, Literally anyone could, you know, fucking a, the rich kid on the planet could ha- could be force sensitive. The the it's poor like, kid could well, be force sensitive. You've had such a long period of time where, when the Jedi were in full height, they were sending people to go and find force sensitive users, and they would scour and test large populations and large, you know, small random villages that would happen. They'd go and test them. And that's not happening anymore. That doesn't mean that force sensitive users are no longer there. It just means nobody's looking for it. Yeah. Even in, um, is it Clone Wars or Rebels? I can't remember. One of those things they go, no, it would have been, it would have been Rebels. Yeah, it was Rebels. Um, they go over the whole idea of, you know, just post episode four in Rebels timeline and stuff. The Emperor is still sending out the Inquisitors to find the four sensitive babies. And he's literally stealing away these fucking babies that are force sensitive and taking them away um, from their families and stuff, which in the co- in the scheme of things is a super fucked up story for a, for, a, for a kid's show. But yeah, like he, he was just continually trying to wipe out that line, you know, so the Jedi could never make a return. And I guess, you know, like you do that so long, eventually the, the galaxy just kind of like died out of force sensitive users, I guess, to a point. And then I get the Force Awakens is about the the Force Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> but did the Force really awaken? There's been an awakening. Like, I think it's the Force awakened within Ray, but it doesn't mean it was gone. I think it's more that when Star Wars was introduced, it, Force users were rarer. Obviously, Luke was the first Jedi in. Yeah, they were like magic wizards. They were like, however, yeah, you know, so Merlin. It, it was, and of course, he was connected to Darth Vader, so that but like, oh, that must be some sort of heritage element. Like super heritage, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And because people I mean, want to like, keep the prequels so erased from their minds, they forget. Yeah. Whereas the, the prequels but actually... They were a dime a dozen. Yeah. Whereas the, the prequels, including like the Clone Wars animated series, is actually the most rich of knowledge of canon material that actually exists in all of the, the spectrum. Um, so anyway, the, con- the trailer continues. It says every generation has a legend on the screen which every time I see I'm like, oh. Um, and then we see this tie off in the distance. It comes speeding in and we see Ray light up her saber and then she starts running back um, and it cuts to a shot of the black gloves of whoever is driving this thing. Uh, everyone at the time kind of guessed it was Kylo and I, I'll come back to this when we talk about the D23 thing because I think the D23 thing kind of confirms it is actually Kylo. So um, come back to that one. Um and it looks like a tight interceptor as well, which is the exact sort of ship that's in the D23 thing. Um, and it comes in as Ray, and she does this fucking massive backflip over it and it fades out, which is still, I've watched this thing several times and I rewatched it when I was writing down these notes, obviously. And rewatching it again, when she, when she flips over that thing and the music kicks in and it kind of just fades out, it's like, oh, this is porn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is, this is all I need out of movies. <laughs> 
It's, it's just shots like this. And I also think it's super exciting because the thing about having this shot in the teaser, it's very prequel-ish. There's so much prequel-ish shit happening in this movie. And by that, I mean prequels was the backflips, the fucking, all the, you know, the, the Jedi crazy flippy moves and all this sort of stuff. The original trilogy didn't have any of that stuff, the original set of movies. Um, and then both of the previous sequel trilogy, Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, haven't had that stuff either. So seeing her do this flip was automatically, I'm like, that is some prequel era, like Jedi move shit that we're seeing right here, you know? That's not influenced by the original trilogy. That is prequel influence stuff. Um, absolutely love it though. Fantastic shot. Um, and then that we see a bunch of other shots as well happen. So we, sh- so we see a ship coming towards the city. I have no idea. I couldn't make out what the ship was or I can't really tell what it is or anything. Um, someone on the internet's figured out what it is. Good for you. Better than me. Um, and then I don't know what the city is either. Could it, 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 it's just a bunch of lights and whatever else. But, Hopefully it's all uh, then we, new stuff. Yeah. I think it presumably a new thing. Yeah, I guess. Or not? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's, it's actually tattooed. Maybe. So maybe they've fixed things up in that place. It's the other uh, side see, of the planet. <laughs> maybe we see Kylo getting um, Kylo without his helmet on, uh, running through this like forest sequence with uh, stormtroopers fighting by his side, um, and he fucking like clotheslines someone with his uh, lightsaber, which looks really awesome, of course, because it's in slow motion and everything. Why doesn't it slice through him? I guess because he like pushes with his hand at the same time and like, you know, like. So he made an effort to not slice him in half. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it seems, it, in my mind, it's like hit him. It would have cut like halfway through his body and then he pushes him down with the saber, like just sitting in half of his body instead of going all the way through. But they're not going to show you a close up of that because. Because PG. You know, these are kids. These are, these are kids' movies. <laughs> <laughs> um,. So then we see uh, Kylo's helmet is being fixed with some sort of red element of some kind. Uh, I think that Welding. whatever this is is going to be... Well, yeah, but I, I, I think that they could just weld it back. I actually, I think whatever's going on here, whoever's doing this, this has to be some important aspect to the movie, to, to me. I mean, I'm the like, interesting thing is that he kept all the pieces of the helmet after smashing it. Well... The interesting thing, the most interesting to me is, A, he's fixing it at all. Or, uh, well, hold on. The, the other thing is there, is he actually the one fixing the helmet? You know? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, how do we know he someone he doesn't wear else? it with, like, the... I don't think no. we've seen a shot of him. No, exactly. So is someone else fixing up his helmet and taking his helmet is the thing. Because whoever's hands it is, is some alien species i guess it's it's got like fur or hair on it or something like that mm. um and it's being infused with all this red stuff uh which i think would be done on purpose and i'm hoping there's actually more significance to it too than just it looks cool i guess although ultimately it could come down to well it's just a way to sell a different variation of the kylo ren helmet in the movie yep. but i i definitely feel like if, if kylo ren is repairing his own helmet that means he's actually kind of going backwards from where his character went in the last jedi because in that movie, he smashes the helmet as like a character uh, character thing um, to escape from that that whole thing because he spits it with Snoke, obviously, and whatever else. So it, in, in my mind, if he is actually the one fixing the helmet, that means he's kind of re- regressing back to this, the way he was before. And obviously, he used the mask as a like way to uh, to help him 
getting that like evil hatred persona or what do you, whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? That, yeah. Like that's what he had to use the mask or for. Or to feel closer to his grandfather. Yeah, I guess. There was, chuck out, let me chuck out this wild theory because of course there's lots of sure. wild theories to this movie. There is a theory that people have and they've had since Last Jedi as well. This, this theory was going around before Last Jedi came out. There's a theory going around that because Kylo speaks to the helmet, right? We know this. You never hear the helmet speak back, obviously. And you always just thought it was just him speaking to it and blah, 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 blah. And he's just a bit crazy. But what if the helmet actually did speak back in a voice and he thought it was his grandfather, Vader? But the voice that's actually speaking back to him this entire time was actually that of Palpatine through the helmet. But would that break some of the storytelling of the other movies where we've been seeing it from his point of view? What do you mean? Like, like it's almost like there are scenes where he is the main character. He is the, the I guess, the vessel that the audience is seeing everything through. From It's from his perspective. So wouldn't it be weird that something from his perspective has just been cut completely out from the audience's view? I don't think you're ever, like, you're ever actually seeing from his perspective. I feel like all of the movies always just... And it... I don't feel like you're seeing it from Edward it's being Ray told or by, It's being told from that character's kind of point of view. Like when when you're watching a Luke scene from like the original trilogy where Luke is the main character, even though Obi-Wan is telling Luke all this information, really Obi-Wan is telling the audience through Luke. And everything we see is from Luke's perspective. I mean, I guess so. I'm, I don't really buy into this theory, so I can't do much to argue for yeah, it, that's to fine. be honest. That's but- <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but it is one that was kicking around around the last Jedi time. That at that time I was more open to it where I was like, oh, but then after the last Jedi, I was like, no, that's not a thing. But at the time I was like, well, maybe. But it's it's so funny that people have been theorizing about um Palpatine's return for so long and then it's actually happened. I mean, when I did my force I read an article back on my website before we started the Explosion Network. Um like top my top five uh, predictions for the Force Awakens before the Force Awakens came out, and one of my predictions for that that movie was that Palpatine will come back to life at the end of the movie, and that was based solely on one of the comics that they had done for the lead up to Force Awakens, um, in which they had this very centric story about the Emperor um, looking into like rebirth and all this sorts of stuff. So now I'm at the point where I haven't actually gone back to read a lot of this stuff, but I'm like, there's so much stuff from that Force Awakens extended material stuff that teased all this stuff to the point where I was like, that's it. I'm sold. Palpatine's coming back and then the Force Awakens. And it didn't happen. I was like, oh, I guess that was all just for nothing. And now that's confirmed. I'm like, have they been planning this shit for this long that they were actually teased, just out in the open teasing this since the Force, before the Force Awakens even fucking released? Like, that is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's been a long con. Or it just worked out really fucking well for them. I'm not sure. Um, So then, uh, what was up to? Helmet repaired, blah, blah, blah. We see Finn and Poe on a rock. Uh, This is a planet we'll we'll talk about a bit later. BB-8 and the new droid uh, Dio. Dio's little cutie, I think. I give the hashtag cuties to to Dio. I enjoy a new robot. I enjoy a new cute robot, you know. I'm I'm a sucker. Uh, then we see Lando driving the Falcon, of course, with Chewie. Um, fine shot. I, I, I'm going to be honest. Like uh, the Lando being back in this movie isn't. It's not blowing me away. You know what I mean? I'm not like. Do you think it was something that was spurred by the fact of Lando's 
inclusion in Han Solo? I think I, I think, think it's fans. Everyone's like, hey, where's Lando? Com- yeah, like, people have been asking it. for a long time. So I think I think his scenes are going to be very minimal. I think that it's definitely fan service, but also from a story perspective, um, it could have a it could potentially have stuff to do with Kylo because like he is basically his you know, it's Uncle Lando. Like, that's how they've introduced in the extended universe material, like, uh, especially the long shot book or whatever it is. They went over the whole thing, of course, like Leia and Han are raising this child, and Lando is around sometimes, and he's Uncle Lando to, to, to young Ben and this sort of thing. So, it, it, he's kind of a close family member in some ways. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like that's a story way, that's a, the, that's a way they could take the story yes, for Lando yeah. as a character. Um, but I, I highly doubt he'll actually be in the movie much because he can't get around much. Dude's old, you know, like <laughs> they'll, they'll put him in the Falcon. They'll get yep. a shot. People we all will be saw happy the clips and... of him in Dancing with the Stars. It's, it's not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we see Poe and Finn with three P, uh, C3PO uh, running away. Well, not running away. They're on this speeder barrage thing or whatever it is. Um, they're, but they're getting away from jetpack stormtroopers on a sand planet which is presumably the same same sand planet we'll talk about from d23 footage actually but uh it's the first time we're seeing jetpack troopers within the live action movies uh properly i think from unless i'm forgetting something unless you're counting you're not counting boba and Django fair no not counting them i mean like i don't think no i don't think there's any been any clone troopers with jetpacks either because you see him in animated stuff quite a bit. Yes, a lot. With, uh, storm, uh, with jetpacks and stuff. So, uh, Then we get uh, B-Wing, maybe, crashing into a planet, it seems. Uh, Leia holding a medal, presumably, I'm going to guess, Han's medal. It would make more sense for her to be reminiscing over Han's medal than it would Luke's, I think, if yeah. you had to pick one medal. Maybe it's Chewie's. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> they're like, all these people No, Chewie never got one. That was a problem. That. They're finally going to confirm. They'll be like, we did go over this in the comic book, but uh, since everyone keeps asking and doesn't <laughs> doesn't want to read that comic book, uh, we'll make sure to include it in the last movie. Sure, fuck it. Um, then we see a shot of her hugging Ray. Of course, the thing that's super interesting about this movie and Leia is that every, basically they've said that they, they went over a bunch of deleted footage from Leia um, that Carrie Fisher recorded um, before she died, RIP, of course, and... JJ has said that they kind of wrote her dialogue around what they had, which I think is a super massive puzzle to to go about doing. And then you can even see with this shot, it's like the shot of Leia they have from the front is probably one they had from The Force Awakens. It seems like an alternate take to her smiling as Ray takes off near the end of that movie. It looks very similar, um, but it's probably just an alternate take. And then, of course, they've just digitally put her in somewhere else. And then, of course, they've probably got um, Ray to come in and hug someone and then digitally alter that to be, you know, like that's basically how all of her stuff would have been done. I guess lots of like weird it's it's kind of going to be crazy to see how it all comes out. To be honest, it's I, I think it was a massive effort for them to actually sit down and be like, you know what, we've got enough footage here to we can do this. We can work around what we've got here, and I I, I think we can make it work. So. Are like you that- holding your judgment on that until after we've seen it, or because I know when we finished up Alderaan Explosion after Last Jedi, one of the things we kind of all agreed on was that this movie was just going to end with like a couple sentences in the scroller about Leia passing away. 
Um, yeah, how, how do you feel about I was sold on that idea because yes. I, I thought yeah. I felt like that was a really as as far as you can go with doing it. Like because I wouldn't want to see her character die because I thought I thought that would be a bad way to to do it. But I felt like if they just put it in the the pre scroll, like that would have been a nice way to just be like General Leia Organa has has passed away or Jail fought valiantly and died or whatever. I thought that way made the most sense when they said that she was actually going to be in it. And I've watched, like, I watched that interview. JJ's talked about it a bunch of times, like how they've gone about it. I'm like, like, I'm happy that she's in it, I guess. But at the same time, I'm like, is it going to change the way, is it going to make scenes feel weird? with Because yeah. the dialogue just isn't, you know, it's recorded from other times. But at the same time, I've watched like Final Fantasy, um, not Final Fantasy, I've watched Fast and Furious 7 and what they, I think that movie is like the pinnacle of like how you go about fixing, or not, you know, But a lot of that footage they shot with his, his brothers. Yeah, they and did, but thing, at, so. at the same time, they, they also rewrote a lot of the movie around what they had and scenes. Like there were scenes of dialogue that they had, of course. Like, so it's actually, uh, um, what's his, uh, Paul Walker's voice. So they had dialogue already recorded, but they didn't finish the movie yet. So then they had to kind of rewrite scenes to match to what they had. And then they used his brothers to just as a mocap kind of person and then put that dialogue in his face over it and these sorts of things. So they had a similar sort of challenge, a little bit different, of course, because they, as you were saying, they, they used the brothers and whatever, but they still went in and rewrote the movie somewhat around what they had, which is kind of what they've done here. So I don't know. In JJ, I trust, you know. Uh, I feel like it'll be a break and make or break element to the film either it'll, it'll just pull people out just or it'll work perfectly yeah well it's also going to be super interesting because from day dot so from like before episode seven released and when they were talking about this new trilogy they always said that episode nine was going to be carrie's most important big film this was apparently the one where she from the day one they said that this is the one she's going to have the most to do within like i guess in their their overall arching plan. story that they had set out yeah they're playing so i don't know if that's changed i don't know if it'll still fe- feature the most of it i would say that of course she was in the last jedi quite quite a lot you know so yeah. it'll, it'll be interesting to see if that's cut down drastically or they were like no nah, fuck it we've got all this footage that's she's still going to be in as much as we said she would be so have to find out um and then we hear luke say we will always be with you as we see our main group of heroes approaching what looks to be the remains of the second Death Star uh, crashing in the water in the water somewhere, and then Luke finishing with, no one's ever really gone. Now, at the time, of course, when this teaser released, we, we were all like, you know, I'm like, that's the Death Star, but we weren't 100% sure, I guess. The D23 footage confirms, as far as I'm concerned, that it is the Death Star for sure, so I'm not really up for the debate on if it is or it isn't does anyone actually have any doubts if it is actually the death star or do you have doubts if it's the second death star because as far as i'm concerned it's the second death star not the first one like it's a death star it's a death star it's a third death star we didn't know about <laughs> no i think it's i think it would make more sense if it was the second death star i think but yeah. then the problem is the way they've pictured the death stars blowing up it's been a bit yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm happy to have that retcon though. I I, yeah. I I can put that clear. Like when we get to rewatching Jedi and I see that thing blow up, I'll just be like, yeah, but it's a big explosion at the front, and you know that's it, it's, as good it's as like, they could do back then. Yes. Yeah, if yeah. they did it you now, know? it would fracture into pieces. You know, it, it's 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 the reverse mullet. You know, 
party at the back, business at the front. That's a very Australian uh, thing to chuck out on this podcast. <laughs> Just a mullet? <laughs> no, it's that the dudes who have the mullet, they always grow the mullet at the back. Yeah. And they have a nice haircut at the front and they always say party at the back, business at the front. <laughs> That's an American thing though as well. It's not that Aussie. Is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it reversed? No, I'm saying that Death Star was... Party, party at the, the front, front, business at the back where the, we didn't see it fully explode and drop down into the water on a one of okay. Endor's moons. <laughs> is what we're saying happened here. Yeah, because if it, if it is has dropped there, we're going to say that it's one of Endor's moons. It, it's sure. not actually Endor because Endor is a gas planet. So it would still be one of Endor's couple moons. I'm not actually sure how many they have, but it's a couple. Um, the line also that Luke says, Luke Could says we here, see we were, Ewoks? Just that yes. just crossed my mind. I, I do yeah. want to see Ewoks. I, I like Ewoks. I'm saying, I, I watched Return of the Jedi as a kid. Fucking love Ewoks, you know? So I'm, just, I, I'm happy to see Ewoks return. See Leia, Leia re, re, reunited with fucking Wicket? That's hard. I don't know what the lifespan of Ewoks is. Hundreds of years. Um, the, the line that Luke says will always be with you is taken from The Last Jedi. That's what, uh, well, not we will always be with you. The, no one's ever really gone line. That's taken from Last Jedi. That's why he says to Leia, like right at the end where they're having their final moment together thing. You know, he's like, no one's ever really gone. Um, so that's not a fresh line, although some of this is. Or they could have re-recorded it. I'm not actually sure. I feel like And then, of course, great. yeah. Um, then, of course, we hear the crackling of a laugh begin and it belongs to Palpatine himself. Uh, uh, of course, I always found the interesting thing for this teaser trailer is people who watched the, the teaser outside of the Star Wars Celebration screening were let you, 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 you're left going, is that supposed to be Palpatine? Like, it's left, like, open. They don't actually confirm it. Whereas I'm so happy that, that what they did at Star Wars Celebration where they actually had Ian McDermott come out and walk out onto the stage and do the whole play it again and the walk off just to confirm that it is mm -hmm. actually him i absolutely love that because like there's so much to speculate about this movie as is i would have hated if they just left that the cackle and then even if we're like 99 sure there still would have been that part of like speculation around but but what if it's not him you know what if it's someone else so i'm glad that we just have this confirmed and of course it's confirmed because it becomes the poster like um him Palpatine looking over Kylo and Ray, of course. So he's like, he's a big part of the marketing now. So they had to get the <laughs> way through first. Um, so that was the teaser trailer. So let's get on to talking about what they showed for the D23 special look here. Uh, the first bunch of footage, of course, didn't belong to the new movie at all. It's uh, old, old footage. Starts by showing a bunch of stuff from uh, the original movies, four, five, six, um, and then shows starts showing the prequel trilogy stuff here. I, I appreciate how they actually edited this because you know it's not one, two, three, four, five, six. They just do them in release order. I kind of like how they did that instead of switching around the order to have it um, in proper prop order or whatever you call it. Um, and I also like how it sells that this movie is, as JJ has said in many interviews, and so has Kathleen Kennedy, they've both said many times, reiterated time over time at events, that this movie is not the ending 
of the trilogy. It's not, it's, it's JJ said when he took on the role, he didn't look at it as the final chapter of seven, eight, nine. He said, it's the final chapter of that. Plus it's the final chapter of one through to six as well. You know, it's the final chapter of the Skywalker saga as they're putting it. So, um, and he, he said in interviews when he got asked to do the movie, he had to really think about it because he knew that as, as big of a challenge as the force awakens was, and as big as a, you know, a task it was to take that movie on the idea of taking on, on the, the final chapter of this saga. Now they were like, that's a, that's a massive um, task to come. And I still think every time they say this, and of course, cause Palpatine's in it, as far as I'm concerned, Palpatine's a prequel character. I don't give two fucks if like, I'm, I'm well aware that of course he's in four and uh, six, four, oh, five and six, five briefly. Of course, he's more, he's a lot more in return of the Jedi, but as far as I'm concerned, the Palpatine that we all know that we all have an idea of as a character and the way we know that character and how evil he is, that all comes from watching him in the prequels. So I claim Palpatine as a, a prequel character. Um, and I, that tied with the, the whole jump and everything we're seeing, I'm really hoping that we'll actually return to at least one prequel planet in this movie, or at least get returned of some more prequel era shit in this. And I think we will. Because could, could the sand planet be the planet no. that... Because we know the name of it. <laughs> We just because we know the name of it, we can't be the end of the attack of the clones. I can't remember the name of the planet. No, it's no? not that. Okay. No. They could have renamed um, the planet. No, I if if the I hope we return to Naboo, is what I'm thinking, because it would make perfect sense to return to Naboo. It's Palpatine's homeworld. Um, in extended universe material, they had the whole um. Operation Cinder, I think is what it's called, which they cover in both... Uh, in They cover that operation in comic books. They covered it in the Aftermath series of books. They also It's also the main plot of the Battlefront 2's campaign, covers the thing. And it's all to do with Palpatine basically wanting to, in his death, like having this backup planet. And it all involves with him wanting to destroy his home planet for whatever fucking means. So that it's all about saving Naboo. Um, but that's his home planet, right? You know, so it's, it's, it's important to him. It's also a key planet from episode one. So I think having it show up and be in a, a location in the final chapter, that was from the, you know, this technically not the first, but the first chapter when you watch them through, I think that's fitting thematically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that does make sense. I feel like... Because we might get into it next episode. If you have Gungan Shop in this last episode, I feel like people will lose their shit. Like, I want Gungan. I will fucking. <laughs> I will be so fucking happy <laughs> to see some Gungans. You ain't gonna see Jar Jar because he's dead. But um, is he though? Um, no. Well, I can't remember if they confirmed he died in the books or I. I think he didn't actually he have some. Didn't, wasn't there a thing going around that he had some really messed story. up death? He had. Yeah, I think he died. Like they they did cover it in the books. Pretty much after post episode three, he basically ended up living a horrible life and dying. I think, <laughs> like <laughs> like a horrible horrible life. It's uh, not great for him. But uh, so then after all this stuff, we hear the whole a, th- a thousand generations live new now. But this is your fight once again by Luke, um, and 
it's it's impossible for me to not point out as they do this whole cuts between different shots and whatever else that there's hard hitting Raylo evidence within this trailer because there is a super close up of the the hand touching from the Last Jedi, which is the ultimate kind of Raylo go to evidence. If you don't know what Raylo is, I mean. You're not on Tumblr, I guess, but Raylo is the, the, <laughs> it's the ship. fans of... It's a ship, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a ship between those two characters. We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. And it's not a ship that I would say I'm... I'm not like, Raylo number too fan but it's definitely something that i think is probably very likely to be honest it's 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 not it's not something i'm shipping but it's something that i accept that is probably just what's happening you're letting the ship into the harbor yeah i'm opening the gates i'm not turning on the you're turning on the lighthouse so it can have safe passage yeah yeah that's fine i mean i'm open to the railway ship i guess especially because i can't not watch the last Jedi and just be like, it seems pretty fucking obvious to me, to be honest. But like, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you, if anyone wants to argue that, you know, how, how do you feel on the, the relay ship? Uh, everyone like Ash. Yeah. You know, <laughs> on board. Kieran. Fits into the um, Redemption storyline. Look, I, you know, if people stay on with the podcast for the longest way, the end of the last Jedi episode, I might give out my uh, fan fiction username and you can check out some fan fiction I've written about this very topic. Um, but yeah, no, I really, I, I like it. I think it makes sense, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, how do they pursue it now? Like I have a theory that, and I think, I, no, I won't go into the theory yet because we talk about it later on and I'll, and I'll get to that theory when we talk about it. So, um, but yeah, I'm on board. Okay. Um, so then we see the first the the we enter the the new stuff from this D twenty thing D twenty three thing finally, um, which is we see our heroes uh, once again similar shot that we've seen the, the teaser before but from different angles and we actually see what's happening um, and it's on the the planet Pasana which was the is the sand planet that we see in all the teaser trailers and stuff like that um, this planet was revealed in the Variety article which released uh, February. March? I don't know, like really early in the year. It was before even the teaser trailer dropped was this uh, variety article Vanity that dropped Fair. and gave us lots of... Vanity Fair, thank you. Fuck, sorry. Yeah, you're, you're right. I'll keep saying it. Vanity Fair mm-hmm. article, which is where we got our first look at like Carrie Russell's Funny character. story, that magazine is finally here in Australia. Yeah, I was about to say, I think the reason I always fuck up names is because, yeah, I never see it anyway, but it's big in America. You know, it's like the cover story. It's Star Wars on it. Why couldn't they fucking release it in Australia where I could have brought this cover? I would have brought it just owning the cover. No, God damn Like, the copy is actually out now. <laughs> what? Just now it released? This Star yeah, Wars well, issue? Yeah, because of shipping and stuff. It took four months they to, take get here? to get here? Yeah. I mean, you can get it airship, but it's like, it's like more expensive. It's like, yeah, no, thank price. you. No, thank you. And that was your magazine update brought to you by <laughs> Ashley Hobley. But yeah, so this came out in May. Oh, May. Okay. End of May. Um, so on the planet Pasana, we see uh, what looks like a, you got this whole, I would call it a town. It's kind of like a shanty town, I guess, at most or something like that. But kites, it looks like up in the air. Lots it of looks like, like Burning Man to me. Yeah, that's, or, yeah. It looks I exactly like Star Wars. <laughs> Burning Man. That's exactly what I, I think as well. Um, and in the Vanity Fair article, you can see 
some of what the the people that live on this planet, creatures and stuff, what they look like. Um, they don't, they've got like the tall and like that. I don't know. They, it's weird. There's I, I don't know why we're here, what our heroes want here, what we're doing here, but it's it's interesting. Of course, I'm glad that it's not just a sand planet with a bunch of fucking bounty hunters and huts and shit like that again. You know, like Jakku, ship planet, bunch of scumbags live there. Tatooine, ship planet, bunch of scumbags live there. This sand planet, Burning Man. This is different. <laughs> a little bit different. Maybe. Uh, so we'll we, see. We'll see, yeah. Then we see a bunch of rebel ships that uh, pop sand out of Sand has a negative effect on people. Fucking hell. <laughs> That's why you keep sand in your pockets, and if somebody comes to attack you, you throw sand at them and run. That's the Vader repellent strategy, everyone. God! How many random Darth Vader cosplayers trying to attack you during the week? Well, it's you've always got to be ready. You just yeah. keep what you do is you get like um you line the inside of your pocket with like a, a stay fresh bag and you just line it and you just perfectly you just put your sand in there, doesn't like you know, and then it easily quickly comes out and cha and like they cough a lot. Have you ever heard Vader coughing on sand? It's quite amusing. Gets all into a ventilation system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just get it all over. That's why Vader hates sand still, because he, you know what? He just gets worse with sand. He hates sand when he's a human. He's just breathing sand. And then he becomes a robot thing on a ventilator system. Have you tried to clean sand out of a ventilator? It's got to be a pain in the ass. Literally. <laughs> uh, um, uh, so next shot we see. There's a bunch of rebel ships that pop out of hyperspace. Uh, these include X-Wings, B-Wings, A-Wings, along with what looks like a CR-92, which is a blockade runner, much like the Tanative uh, 4, which is the, the main ship from New Hope plus the end of Rogue One, I guess. Um, a whole array of rebel ships, of course, which is interesting because the last time we saw uh, the rebels, what was left of them it was one ship it was the metal <laughs> it was it was basically yeah. just the millennium falcon um in the comics post that they confirmed like there is a couple of x-wings because like in the poe dameron comic they were like what the fuck where the fuck is uh snap wexley and all these other characters like what were they doing at this point because we never see him in that movie and they were off on some other mission so there's there's the millennium falcon plus Pose uh, Black Squadron, which is a couple X Wings yep. as well. So that that's that's what they have confirmed, I guess, so far. And then um, they paid Benicio del Toro for more ships. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. What a trustworthy guy. We should do a whole, you know, section on Kanto Blight to get the ships. I mean, maybe they will. Maybe they will. Maybe yeah. if JJ just does it. <laughs> they shouldn't. They shouldn't. That'd be like <laughs> the biggest middle finger to so many people. I would love a good old middle finger, middle, middle finger like that. Who doesn't like a middle uh, finger? Yeah. I, I do wonder though, because we are doing like a time gap. I, I can't. They've said it's like a couple of years or something like that, I think. I can't remember the, if they said exactly what it is, but at least it's it, it's at least over a year. Maybe it's a year and a half, two years or something like that. So seems like it's, it's a, like based on that timeline they showed at D23, it seems like it's a few years. Yeah. There's a big enough so gap. It, it's a big scale enough with gap. everything else. Yeah, it's a big enough gap that by the time we start this movie, it's probably going to be like there's going to be time for the First Order to have a, got a real grasp on the galaxy, I guess. And but also time for, um, you know, a rebellion to kind of pick up some ships and stuff like that. But maybe they, they, don't, they don't really need to explain it to me, honestly. You start the movie, 
there's some more, there's more people here. They got small ships. It's a few years later. I'm like, cool. I, I, I don't need to, to know. I don't you just need to know. start the movie with Wayne and Garth going across the screen going, yeah, something like that. Well, it's like yeah. if, if, if you want to explain how they got all these extra people to join, I could nearly almost guarantee that's what one of the fucking books or something will probably go over anyway. So, but for, for the movie, is it important to know? No, I don't think so. Um, then we get my favorite shot from this whole trailer, which is uh, a shot of what looks like hundreds of star destroyers uh, hiding within a, a lightning storm of some some description happening. Um, and I think that the most important thing about this shot, of then it looks fucking awesome. Just like visually, J.J. Abrams has an eye for ship candy, as far as I'm concerned, um, is they, they are all original Star Destroyers. They are not First Order ships. They are not First Order Destroyers that we have seen throughout any of the movies. All of these ships that you see in this shot, you have not seen since Episode 6. So, and this this paired with the information we have of things like... Oh, we're bringing a new type of stormtrooper to this movie. It's called the Sith Trooper. Why would that exist? What what's the fucking point of that? And then they're showing me in this footage old star destroyers. I'm like, hmm. And then in extended universe material, they are, they've introduced throughout the last couple of years all this idea of Palpatine exploring the uh, the unknown regions of space. And in the aftermath book series, which basically covers what happens directly after episode six ends, um, and the Bell of Jakku, which is basically the final battle um, before the the Rebel Alliance actually wins at that time. Um, they in in all of that, they basically cover that Palpatine in his uh, what you, what's the word? I can't remember the fucking word for it. Like when you die, a contingency plan. His contingency plan is to send a bunch of bunch of what's left of the Empire off into the unknown regions. Um, so this is all being covered in the books and stuff. And people always thought that's kind of where the First Order, they, they must have hung out in the, the unknown regions. And that's why the, the galaxy never discovered that the First Order was getting together um, and building up their forces because they kind of come out of nowhere, right? You know, hundreds of people, hundreds, thousands, millions, however many there are, the First Order, they come out of fucking nowhere. But I always assume they come out of the remnants of the, the Empire and they've come out of the unknown region. And maybe that is true, but also to a point, what if some of those ships and people were out in the unknown regions uh, still putting together an army? What if a bunch of these ships were sent out here? And what if one of the things to do with this movie, and this is a, this is actually a theory that I quite enjoy quite a lot because it adds a, a new card to the, the table, one way to put it, is it's not going to be Ray and our heroes versus just Kylo and the First Order. Potentially you have Ray, our heroes, Kylo, First Order, Snoke and his um sorry, Palpatine and his army like or something along those lines you know maybe he's returned f- from within the outer regions and he's bringing his own fucking army back and maybe he comes up and he's like Kylo get the fuck back join my army and Kylo of course would be like get fucked and like wave his fucking lightsaber around like a like the teenager child he is um but yeah how do you, how do you feel about the idea that Palpatine isn't going to be this uh, like presence that kind of comes in randomly or whatever else, but like actually a third player to the game. You know, n- n- it's not just First Order versus Ray. It, it potentially could be Empire, First Order, what, however you want to put it. Ash? I mean, it's an interesting theory. I don't know. I I find it hard to believe that Palpatine's been in the in the background for so long. 
I guess. I can't. Not with just minor things that have had, like, have just, like, minor things that I've read or seen about it now is kind of, I don't know. I could see it happening. He's crafty. He's a little bugger. <laughs> That's the quote of the episode. He's, <laughs> he's a little bugger. <laughs> he's a little bugger. Sorry, Ash. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what was you going to say? I don't know. It, it seems like anybody who falls down a a big hole seems to come out fine afterwards. So That's how he died, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Well, if last time we saw him, he was falling down a, yeah, the shaft, everybody, the hole or whatever. You know, everybody survives that. Palpatine, Darth Maul, Han. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, sorry. Do we want to redo that or no? No, no. Siths who fall down giant holes are fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So ne- the next shot we see C three C three PO with red eyes, which the internet has been super focused on for some reason. Um, I I don't really care for this shot. I think it's just in. in I, I literally think this shot's in here just to have the internet kind of be like flipping their <gasps> mind over potentially that nothing. Um, I think the idea of C three PO turning bad is not going to happen. Could, I, could. I th- hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Could so. We've got, you know, the Jedi and the the light side seem to have force ghosts. What if Palpatine comes back as a Sith ghost, but he somehow possesses C-3PO? No. No, 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 come on, stay with me. Like, C-3PO is now (laughs) the embodiment of Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, that that would be a bad idea. One, C-3PO is like the worst droid. You can't when you're the when you're a Sith ghost. When you're a Sith ghost, you've not got many powers, so you've got to find something to dwell in. And who's gonna, you know, who's gonna consider C three PO? Take one of the, 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 the what's the one from Rogue One? At least those ones seem to move around pretty well. I don't know. It'd be too obvious. Too obvious. Which ones? The 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 one like the main droid from Rogue, Rogue one. one. Oh, um, I can't remember his digits. Fuck. Alan Tudyk. I can't Alan remember his digits. <laughs> K2SO or something like that. Yeah, that's it. K2SO. That's literally yeah. it. Yeah. One that's of those it. droids. Um, so there, there is a evil C-3PO basically in the comics. It's a character called um, Triple Zero, which is uh, it's, it's, it's the same sort of droid as it. It's in the Doctor Afara comics plus the Darth Vader comic and they show up also in the, the main Star Wars line of comics. And it's basically, it's literally an R2 droid and a C-3PO droid. Like it basically looks like R2-D2 and C-3PO, kinda. Except for it's like the evil versions. They're literally droids that have red eyes that glow and it's because their programming is actually evil. Like, you know, C-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-
um, Anthony Daniels, like while he was all at Star Wars Celebration this year, he kept doing like subtle things. Well, not even subtle. He kept doing his whole thing of being like, you know, no one ever keeps their eyes on C-3PO anymore. But, you know, just saying he might know more than he everyone trusts him for. People might need to pay more attention to him and all these sorts of things. So um, after that, people kept... Uh, saying like, oh yeah, maybe C-3PO in this movie will have like, he's got hidden information deep inside him or something like that. And it's it's it could have been there since you know, prequel era time. Something really important hidden, hidden inside him or something along I mean, those it lines. It could be a flashback. He, he, both his arms are gold, so. I don't know. Maybe his red arm is an evil arm. Maybe it's just, oh, I, fuck, I love the thing about the red arm. Have you seen that? I've got a Red arm, yes, we know, we know see through here. We're aware, very aware. So then we see the next shot is we see a huge mountain or something along those lines, and it's being blasted with what looks like a similar type of ray uh, or blast of laser beam or something uh, similar to Scar- Star Killer Base type deal happening. Confirm Star Killer Base too. <laughs> yeah. So I would say. Judging off just this one shot, I would definitely be like, I don't think we're going to have a Starkiller base two, but I wouldn't put it past them to be working on something. I don't I don't feel like this movie is going to be like, yeah, we've got a fully functioning Starkiller base two or something like that. But at the same time, I think if they just imply or show at one point in the movie that they're actually working on another one, as long as it doesn't become the main point of the movie to destroy that thing, because that would just be fucking tedious at this point, I'm not against them showing that they are working on one as long as it's just not important to the main story or plot you know like they're just like they're working on one whatever it just it just shows that they're, they're doing it which would make sense because you know honestly you take you take the because keys away from nuclear weapons yeah because yeah, they're just gonna keep fucking trying to build these massive weapons like whatever karen uh i just i don't like it would make sense if they were working on something because if you weren't working on something, then, you know, what are you really doing as an evil order? But at the same time, <laughs> let's not make it an important, an important plot point. Yeah, that that's my one hang-up. How Just- about, to shake it up, the good guys make a big planet-destroying weapon? I feel like that's against their character as we know it, but, you know, we'll see. Let's, let's see what happens. See how that one plays out for you. <laughs> you know, if you want to use one of your predictions later in the year as, as that, that's, uh, that, that's your... Free will, you know. Um, so next thing we see is Ray in this forest, uh, which I'm... By the way, I'm, I'm going to chuck it out there. Fuck it. There's this shot where she's in a forest. There's also the shot of Leia that we see where she's in the forest. I'm going to say that Leia is training, helping train Ray, And this is all from the very start of the movie. And it's taking place on Endor. Ooh. Oh, big calls, big calls. We're not even at the prediction show yet, and we're already getting predictions. Yeah, just, just I mean, checking that there. Because, because it does remind this, you of Indoor, but any forest I mean, could potentially. Yeah, remind that's you of true. Indoor. But I, I'm I'm just looking to. Um, I mean, we're going to the if we're going to the Death Star two, which would be close. Then you know, just saying they could be training on Endor before then. Nah, the Death Star when it blew up went a very long way. Like it went into hyperspace and then landed somewhere else. I I literally watched a video on this like a year or so ago before this came out. Right, someone did a video that was like, if the Death Star fell, it would actually blow. Like it would fall this far, and then the planet it hit. Oh, they did it about um, 
Battlefront 2, when Battlefront 2 released, because the start of Battlefront 2 starts on Endor, right? And when the Death Star blows up, you, you try to escape Endor and like get after it or whatever else. But they were like, if the fucking Death Star was real and it fell, it would hit that planet that they were on and it would just blow up. It would like kind of hit that planet and it would just implode, you know, from, from the, given how the size of the Death Star is. But, you know, Star Wars isn't exactly science fiction. Star Wars is fantasy in case you did not know. If you want, if you want more sci-fi, that's why Star Trek exists. And that's why a TV show is very fucking boring. Um, then, because the, the the thing we also hear, see here to confirm that Ray is actually training is the shot where she actually throws her lightsaber across the the room. Have you? Uh, and cuts down that tree. She's actually throwing it at a training droid. It's just very easy to miss if you're not paying too much attention to the trailer. She's not just throwing that saber through a tree. There is actually a training droid there. Um, so she's obviously doing some sort of training here, and I presume she just kind of spits it and fucking throws her lightsaber across the room. Um, the training droid at the last second kind of moves out of the way, luckily, so she doesn't actually destroy it. Um, and then they follow this up with a shot of her force pulling the lightsaber back to her, which is cool, of course. But yeah, everyone I saw when this 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 shot came out were like, oh, she's just getting angry for no reason. I'm like, no, she's fucking like spitting with the training droid and like fucking chucking a lightsaber across the room. But at the same time, that's interesting because it shows that, you know, Jedi aren't supposed to get angry and chuck their fucking lightsabers <laughs> across the room when they fuck up the high score and on Gallagher fucking lightsaber edition, you know? So um, then we hear Palpatine say the line of your journey nears its end. As we see Kylo get out of the interceptor that we saw from the teaser trailer, it's uh, behind him in this shot and he kind of, uh, pulls his lightsaber across the ground. It's, it's a very cool shot. Well, to be fair, lots of the shots of this are very cool. J.J. Abrams, not a bad director. Um, mm. And then we cut to a shot, which I'm going to say is completely unrelated, like because the shot they cut to is Ray and Kylo fighting on uh, the Death Star. And the, the shot before this of him getting out of that, that interceptor, that seems to be on like a completely different planet to on me. I don't planet, think they... Yeah. Yeah, that's snow. This is not snow. They don't connect to me, so it's just very much like trailer trickery. I don't think they're connected at all. I think they just, yeah, came together pretty well. Yeah, it works out for the trailer. Um, and then we see Ray and Kylo fighting atop of the Death Star 2 um, in the wor- in the water from um, pro- obviously taking some time after the what we saw in the first teaser trailer. Uh, very cool to actually see them actually fighting because, of course, one of the biggest complaints people had about The Last Jedi, well, pfft, among the million things was that they actually never fight, you know? They never actually fight properly. Have a lightsaber Against duel. each other. Against one another, no. So, and and what we see here, I, I love this shot. Like, I, I've watched this thing a few times, and every time I'm like, this is cool. This looks good, you know? I, I like the shot. I like the way it's being put together. I like, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how JJ... I hope the fight choreography is a bit better. I recently watched... Uh, a video by Corridor that was looking at the fight choreography at the end of Last Jedi and it has ruined that scene for me. <laughs> like, it is absolutely we're, we're ruined that scene for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've all seen that video and it's definitely going to come up when we discuss The Last Jedi. As much yeah. as I like that movie, that same Corridor video has ruined that fight scene for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we were, it's crazy. We're all in love with that. Everybody was putting different songs to it. Uh, but... Mm. Now, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, one on one, I, I like the choreography will be much easier. B- 
But yeah, I was about to say the the most important thing about this is that the complaint about that scene is that the the whatever Praetorian guards or no the red whatever they call it, I can't remember red guards. Um, they're the ones that kind of causing problems with that fight scene. Whereas this is just Ray versus Kylo, so it's like you can't have the same sort of problems occur really. Um, then we have, uh, or then we hear Vader. Although I don't think it's really relevant, I think the Vader thing is just chucked in for for style. And we see what looks like a very robotic-looking Ray, like a droid version of Ray or something like that. Um, and her, she's holding a lightsaber, and it kind of unfolds down and lights up to be a double-sided red saber. Um, it's worth noting that we have actually seen this type of saber in both the animated series of Rebels and Clone Wars before. In fact, there is a Jedi Master in Clone Wars who actually has this same type of lightsaber. And then in Rebels, the... Uh, Grand Quiz, no, not Grand, the fucking Grand, like, I can't remember the name of the character, but it's been in Rebels and Clone Wars as well. So this lightsaber exists just in animated territory. Because I saw people being like, fuck, they're going ridiculous with lightsabers, now they're unfolding down. I'm like, this shit's from like 10 years ago, really. Like, the design is from 10 years ago, um, to start with. But, um, so, Ash, what, 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 what do you think here? Ray going bad? Ray, is it just a vision? I mean, What's- there needs to be balance in the Force, and if Ben's coming back to the light side. <laughs> no it's got to be some sort of vision or something like palpatine messing with kylo ren's head surely 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 karen what do you think it's it's i don't know why they chose this to be the ending shot of this trailer other than like almost like almost a cheap grab at shock and awe where it's supposed to add more questions, but I don't feel like it does add more questions because I think we're pretty set in the way that Ray is that I don't think this is a possibility of actually happening. I feel like for hardcore fans like us, but maybe like people who just go see these movies when they come out one time. Yeah, the chumps. Yeah, they'll be like, what the hell? What the hell, man? When this plays in a theatre, what the hell? (laughs) I mean, the thing for me, and I... A lot of people are still debating about this, and I don't think it's up for a debate at all. But, and and that's simply because from that the, the moment we see that close up of her face, and because it looks so off, but I think it's done on purpose because it's supposed to look like Luke in Episode Five, you know, where he strikes off the helmet of Vader and he sees himself on the inside, that very like dummy looking, yes. uh, Luke on the inside. And I think this is supposed to look exactly or very similar to that type of thing, which then to me means that this is definitely. A, a vision of a similar caliber, although I don't think it's on Dagobah. This is like <laughs> the the um, overall embodiment of Ray's temptations or Ray's beliefs of what could happen if she went over to the dark side. Definitely, I feel like this is probably going to happen when she touches an object, because you remember when she touched obviously Luke's uh, the lightsaber the first time in Force Awakens. She had that vision, you know, saw Luke and whatever else and had all these things calling out. I definitely feel like this is going to be caused by her touching another sort of object. And I would say that whatever that object is, is going to be whatever they're going to the Death Star 2 for, which is probably most likely something to do with Palpatine himself, I'd say. Like the MacGuffin of the movie has to be something to do with Palpatine. And I, I think it's going to be inside Death Star 2. 
something to do with him. And I guess when she touches it, dark energy, Sif artifact or something like that, she'll get a, a vision of a bunch of stuff. And this is going to be one of the, the things she sees. I think that's pretty... To me, it's simple enough. It, it doesn't even be overthought. Lots of people are debating, will she actually turn and come back and all this stuff? I'm like, look, I'm, this movie's probably going to be like two and a half hours long or whatever the fuck it is, but... We don't have a time for a heel turn. We don't have time for that. <laughs> a face turn back, yeah. Yeah, that, that's too much. They wouldn't need them to have a turn evil last movie and then in this movie have a comeback good or something like that. If that's the storyline they wanted to, to yeah, tell. Like, you can't really. do that in the last movie. Come on. Your journey... And that's all we have so far. So the only last question I have to ask before we wrap up this this episode is, um, how do you feel about what we've seen so far? So we've seen a trailer, we've seen D23 footage, barely any. Uh, we have the poster, we have the Vanity Fair article. It is September... That's all we've got. Are you perfectly fine with what we're doing? Uh, does the lack of material make you scared? Or you're like, yeah, the marketing, the marketing will kick in fucking next month or something. Ash? No, I think they're playing it perfectly. I think they're going very much like Endgame, um, which had very limited trailers and information leading up to it. And that made a little bit of money. It did reasonably well at the box office. Um, <laughs> so I think they're trying to go a similar route. Yeah, Karen. I'd be worried if they started pushing out too much marketing. Like, if they were trying too hard to market this movie, I'd be too worried that they were too concerned with the audience perception from The Last Jedi, as if they're trying to bring people back too much or they're trying too much to save face. I think, you know, even though even though Last Jedi had its critics and there was lots of them you're still fucking Star Wars. Like, you're still Star Wars. Like, you're still this massive franchise and you can... You can... You're going to draw a decent audience and it's going to get multiple viewings. Like, I just don't... I don't know. I'd be worried if they were starting to market too much. I think we're okay. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. I definitely feel like once you hit... Uh, once you hit December, you're going to start getting your TV spots anyway. I personally pretty much always ignore those as much as I, much as I can because... They put out like 20 TV spots and I can piece together like 20 minutes of footage by the end of them. Uh, so that, that'll probably still happen because that's kind of obligated, but probably get a trailer. I guess the next one we would get would be, I would say, um, is, what's like a big, is there like a big sport event that comes up towards the end of the year or no, something? No, there's nothing, there's nothing like a Super Bowl or anything in between now and then. No. Yeah. So then I'll, uh, I'll say that, uh, they'll prob the next one will probably be a um, Good Morning America thing or something like that. It's probably where they'll drop it. Like, because if there's nothing else big happening, because uh, Disney owns that uh, Good Morning America or whatever the channel, yeah. or whatever it is, that's where they've dropped the trailers ABC. previously. ABC, yeah, that's where they've dropped trailers previously. So I would say that's kind of what will happen. We'll get our first proper trailer. They'll probably announce it ahead of time and be like 9 a.m. America, uh, American time tomorrow morning. First trailer, here we go. So, But I don't reckon they'll be till like mid-October-ish, early October-ish or something like that. Well, they released the month. toys like 4th of October is when they're slated. 
Yeah. Uh, so probably Triple Force Friday. So maybe around then. Yeah. Um, which wasn't that big last year, but for the Force Awakens when they did it, because it was the first time there was like so many new toys for so long. Yeah. It was fucking massive. And I remember I went into town to look for stuff. And even here, everything was sold out. I walked into my local toy world and the lady was just like, you looking for Star Wars? I'm like, yeah. She's like, it's gone. One guy brought like nearly <laughs> all of it. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well, that's it. That, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Old Man Explosion. Next week, we'll be discussing The Phantom Menace, so make sure you watch the movie before next week's episode so you're up to date or, you know, don't, up to you. Uh, please share the show on social media and tag at ExplosionPod if you're enjoying it. Tell your friends, rate it on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, of course. Old Man Explosion is a Darth production of ExplosionNetwork.com, which you can where you can also find our movie and TV podcast, What Do You Want to Watch, which comes out fortnightly. I'd suggest you check out that one as well if you're into watching things. You can follow me on Twitter at VivaLadil, V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. You can follow Ash on Twitter at Ashley Hobby, S-H-L-E-Y-H-O-B-L-E-Y. You can follow Kieran on Twitter at your boy Ringo. May the force be with you always.